WGR Sports Radio 550 presents. Captain Optimism is here. I'm going to get a costume, like a Captain America costume, and I'm going to replace the A with an O. I feel like you should just do like a terrible like, $2 cape that's like red <laughs> and like a, and, like, like a cheap little yeah. mask. <laughs> Sports Talk Saturday. I just have, to have a piece of paper with optimism <laughs> taped on my shirt. On WGR. Oh, no. <laughs> Crazy Derek's coming. Stop. Wait. Wait. Listen to me. Here I come to save the day. If he can get, there he goes. We're, we're all right. Sports Radio 550. Welcome into Sports Talk Saturday. Captain Optimism is here. What's going on? It's Josh Schmidt, TJ Luckman hanging out with you. We're filling in for, for Derek. He had better things to do today. No, just kidding. This is the best thing to do on a Saturday. Welcome in Sports Talk Saturday. TJ, how you doing? I haven't seen you in a while. I'm great. I'm great. I uh, drove home from Pittsburgh last night, so we're yeah, uh, a... we're uh, <laughs> you know we're we're a little we're a little tired, so but uh, we're, for, we're making it work. For context, I text TJ last night, probably around like nine thirty, and I'm like, "Hey, like, what time are you getting in tomorrow?" And he's like, "Oh, well, I gotta drive home from Pittsburgh tonight," and I'm like. What? Wait a minute! Like, what is the what is the decision making process here? <laughs> so, a fun thing to know about me is a drive like a three hour drive like that doesn't bother me. Like something like that, I I enjoy long drives, and it was by myself too. I wasn't with the band or anything. I'm in a band. That's why I had to go to Pittsburgh. It's a whole <laughs> thing. But those long drives by myself are like very peaceful for me. Yeah. So you know, it's it was good. It was good. So when you were like. What the heck? I'm like, this is not a big deal for me at all. I've, I've, I've done this so many times. Now, I had this argument with Zach over the summer. Is that a road trip? What constitutes a road trip for you? Oh, I remember. I feel like I remember seeing some online discourse about this. <laughs> a road trip is somewhere where you have to you have to stay there overnight. I think that was that was like the general. I think consensus. that's the. I think that's the the rule is that you have to. It, it you have to have some sort of. Sleeping arrangement of sorts. I, I almost, know. I almost wanted to constitute this by the amount of times you have to stop for gas. Okay. Like if you have to stop for gas, because most gas tanks now for most cars, you'll get like probably what, like three fifty, three hundred fifty miles to empty, depending on your gas tank size. Like that's like the the average. I feel like it right? sounds, it sounds about right. Yeah. I I drove to Nashville about a month ago, and like that's that was a twelve hour drive. Like I consider yep. that a road trip. Yeah. I didn't have to stop to sleep anywhere, but like. Yeah. That's a road trip to me. But like three hours to Pittsburgh, Zach was saying that's a road trip. And I'm like, man, no. <laughs> if, if, you can, if you can make it there and back in one 24-hour period, it's not a road trip. I think, that's, I think that's where I go with that. And Nashville, you cannot – like I've done the Nashville drive too. It's, it's it, it would take the entire 24 hours. So right. I feel like under that – Notion alone, that is a road trip. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the 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 part about the Nashville trip that always gets me is the it's the hour. Is it the hour time the, difference it's the when time, that changes? Well, it, that doesn't bother me as much. Honestly, I like that when I'm going down. I don't like it when I'm coming back. Obviously. Well, yeah. But like when you're going down, you you gain an hour, and it's like, oh, sweet. Like we're technically an hour ahead of schedule. Yeah. But it's the okay. You've left Cleveland, and then there's nothing forever. And then, you, and then of... you get to Columbus, and then it's, okay, cool, it's Columbus, and then you get to nothing yeah. forever. And then you get to Cincinnati, and then, and then once and then you there's, get to Cincinnati. And then there's Kentucky. Yeah, you're, basic, right there. you're basically in Kentucky, and yep. then you're basically in Tennessee. So it's, 
Ohio is the is the bane of my existence when I do that road trip. If, and everybody else's. No, <laughs> I don't think I don't, I've never talked to a single person who's like, yeah, I enjoy the drive through the state of Ohio. No, not yeah, a single. No, person. I, I think next time I do it, I'm gonna like go east and like go down like maybe through the Carolinas or something. I okay, know, make okay. it a longer road trip, but a more more scenic, scenic. one. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But but anyway, we're not what? here to talk road trips. We're here to talk sports. So. Welcome to the show. Yeah, the Savers are home tonight. It's not a road trip. <laughs> no, it's not. It's home tonight against Montreal in the red and black for the first time in what feels like forever. I think they had the Philadelphia game was the last one they wore it, and that didn't go very well. It was it went it went so poorly that we're like we're not going to do this for a while. It's <laughs> but, scheduled, but we're not going to do it for a while. It's expected that we get Devin Levi in the starters net for tonight. Um, we'll have to see. If that changes at all, but Devin Levi was in the starters net at the morning skate. Ukapakalukin was out there. Rasmus Dahlin was out there. Our own Paul Hamilton tweeted out the lines a little while ago. The forward lines, I think, are the exact same. I don't think there's been any changes there. Um, but the defensive pairings are Ryan Johnson and Eric Johnson, Rasmus Dahlin, Henry Okiharu, Matias Samuelson, Owen Power, and Jacob Bryson, Connor Clifton. I love the defensive pairings here. It's it. That's perfect. I think I think you're I think seeing Power and Samuelson play the last game, you're very comfortable with that pairing and what they can do and what they're about. Um it feels like Power and Samuelson, at least defensively, have had similar issues with who they've been paired with and for whatever reason when they paired together, they were the shutdown pair that the Sabres needed against the Bruins. So I love mm-hmm. that. Uh Darlene and Yoki Haru, that's a pairing that's been on and off, I would say, for the last few years, and it, yeah. it's it's grown into something that I am fond of, um, <laughs> especially since Yoki Haru's been playing a bunch better this year. I, look, I think he's really grown into a top-four role for the Sabres to where they really do have, finally, a bona fide top-four guys where you're, you're not really worried unless one of those four guys goes out. But even if one of them goes out, like on Thursday, mm-hmm. you're not totally sweating it. That that third pair though, that's that's where you are running into all of your problems, um, not being able to find a good combination between Eric Johnson and uh, Connor Clifton. Jacob Bryson hasn't even been shifting into the lineup, right? Um, and Ryan Johnson has been kind of a revelation of what you've wanted to see out of Sabres defensemen for years. Um, something that really a guy only like Mark Pesic brought in terms of zone exits and how smart he is with the puck. Mm-hmm. Um, and what to do with it. Uh, the Sabres haven't had a guy play that low. and Usually that guy has to be one of the Sabres' top defensemen. Mm-hmm. And this year, they ha- it, it's, it's one of the deeper cores I've seen them have. While still needing work, it's finally something that you can look at and say, like, I see where the future is here. Well, what's interesting about Ryan Johnson specifically, I can remember – I don't remember – I, well, okay, I don't remember who they were playing, but he takes the puck behind the Sabres net, and there are two defensemen coming at him. He banks it to himself off the boards, spins around the defenseman, and recollects it, and then exits the zone with a pass to Tyson Jost, like a cross ice. And I just remember being flabbergasted for, like, the rest of the period because I was like, how did he do that? Like, And, and like you said, he's very smart with the puck, but it's not like Darlene smart. Like, Darlene will deke you out of your shoes and go score a highlight reel goal. Ryan Johnson will make a highlight reel assist that isn't even counted as an assist because it's probably a, a breakout pass that has three more assists or three more passes attached onto it and then it ends up in a goal. Like right. that's what Ryan Johnson strikes me as as 
a defenseman here. And that, like you said, is something the Sabres haven't had in years. And it's it's kind of frustrating, but it's kind of exciting because you bring in Eric Johnson and Connor Clifton, and at the time in the offseason, that looked like, okay, great, you filled your holes on defense. Like, these guys are going to be, you know, your placeholders until Ryan Johnson and whoever else you can draft comes up through the system. But Johnson, Ryan Johnson, that is, just kind of showed up at training camp and was like, hey, I'm ready to play in the NHL. And I don't think the Sabres were really expecting that. I mean, it's a pleasant surprise, but now what do you do with the people you signed? And what do you do right. with a guy like Jacob Bryson? Like, you, you, there's too many people. Yeah. And that's the, that's the tricky part. And one of the biggest, another big issue that you're facing is, and I don't want to rag on the guy, but, I mean... Eric Johnson, Stanley Cup winner, number one overall draft pick. You know, getting up there in age, and there's there's times, you know, you're looking at the the times on ice after the game, and he's not he's he's getting the least amount. You can tell they're trying to sort of protect him in ways. Um, but it's it's been rough when he's on the ice, and you know the Sabers aren't really getting any opportunities and it's that's tough to say when about a guy who has a defenseman who has two goals in the third pair but they I think Derek and I talked about this when they go 11-7 and they can control his minutes that's when it's the most noticeable the least he's the least noticeable but when they're 12-6 and they have to rely on that third pairing to play minutes that's that's when it gets tough so I think um just looking at it, there was a situation a couple of weeks ago where they played three and four nights where they sat him. Um, and I guess I think Paul Hamilton said that was a load management, just like, you know, with his age and everything, playing three and four nights, not great. And it's just like that can't be the only reason you're sitting him anymore. Right. It's you got to look at all the other stuff, too. especially looking at these pairings. And I'm like sort of looking at the comments. It's like. Connor Clifton just had a great game, and he's going to be the scratch with Jacob Bryson. Like, what kind of message are we sending a guy like Connor Clifton, who hasn't had a great season, and he has a great game against the Bruins, his former team, mm-hmm. and now he's the scratch again? Right. That's yeah, I don't know about that messaging there. Um, I mean, these are these are the mornings. Morning these are the morning skates. Morning I don't want to. Yeah, lines. I don't want to. So go it, overboard it's, here. it's not like <laughs> it, right, but it's also it's not for sure that that's the lineup for the night, but it's most likely. Like that's. That's the but that's the tricky part, like you said, because we'll you see in warm ups, but yeah, yeah. But it's like you can't. I don't know. I you you can't sit there and say, okay, we're gonna sit Eric Johnson because whatever yada yada, because then he's gonna get mad. Yeah. You know, like and, and you and you don't want that because you don't want to have another problem in the locker room like you've had in years past. And granted, this would be a much smaller problem, but it's just it's the limiting limiting your outside factors that will cause issues on this team and just going with what works. But going with what works is, in terms of just looking at last game, is Connor Clifton in the lineup. Yes. And and I get it. That hasn't been the narrative for the most of the season. But if what he did last game is what he can do, then you need to find a way to make that work. And, I mean, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was, you know, oh, I'm back in Boston. I need to show these guys what's up. Maybe it was the other pairings around them because, I mean, like, we said you had Samuelson and Power. You didn't have Darlene, and Samuelson and Power were great. Yeah. So against against premier players from the Bruins, they were right. frequently matched against Pasternak and and that top line there. So yeah. And the only goal the, the Bruins scored went off Eric Johnson's skate, and I'm not 
again, it's not, you're not trying to rag on the guy, but it's like, you got to figure something out. You got to figure out a way to keep him around and keep him still in the lineup and do what you wanted him to do in terms of, you know, the leadership role and the mentor role and things like that, but also putting the best team on the ice. And that's, and I'm not going to, that's valuable. Like Eric Johnson's experience in these situations and being a number over one overall pick on a team with two number one overall pick defensemen, like that's important experience to draw on, but that's also experience that you can draw on in other ways without him playing in sig- it's not even significant minutes. And this is still how it's being talked about. So I think the Sabres are in a tough position there because they're, in a position where for the past, what, three years, they've sort of had to repair their league-wide reputation, which I think they've done a great job with. Um, I think they've done a good job with making this a place where more players want to play or making that more apparent in their signings and how they're doing business. So I think when it comes to – and a part of that is – Kevin Adams and doing right by his players. And that's been kind of a big thing for his entire tenure here is he wants to, he wants people to be here. He wants people who want to be here and he wants people to leave here feeling that they were treated well. And I think that's a admirable for the position that the Sabres have been for a number of years and B, um, I don't know if there's a B to that. B, it might not be the best thing for your hockey team. Right. I was going to say in the, in the right now. In the long run, I can see the value in that. Right. I think, though, when you're facing a 13-year playoff drought, is it 13? How many years are we at this point? Uh, well, the year— Yeah, it's going to be—it thir- would be 13. I was going to say, the, the year they signed Jeff Skinner, it was going to become 10. 2011. It was 2011. It was 2011. Was last, so. last playoff. So, yeah. um, I was in sixth grade. In a In a— year where they were expected to sort of kind of go from last year and they're not going and it's 13 years without the playoffs there's that added pressure which should not be on the current management team Mm -hmm. but it is it's a thing it's a factor well the same factor that the bills faced uh seven years ago when Mm -hmm. they were they you know, they got into the playoffs for the first time in 17 years. And do you know what that did? That took a whole weight off of an entire fan base's shoulder to where nobody really had to worry about the next season, right? Drafted right. Josh Allen, everything was cool. I think with the Sabres, you're just facing that, and you're facing a lot of added pressure from that that isn't your fault, but it's there, and you have to figure out how to deal with it. Yeah, and and to the point of, you know, re- repairing – the reputation around the league. Like I get what you're saying, but at the same time, it's like, look at that 0506 team. And I get it. There was a lot of rookies. There was a lot of young guys. And a lot of the, a lot of the times Kevin Adams has talked about guys that want to be here. And Don Granado has said that too. People that want to be here are playing here. I'm not saying in 2005, 2006, none of those guys wanted to be here, but how many of those people wanted to be here? And how many of those people wanted to win the Stanley cup? You know what I'm saying? Right, for like, sure. Like how many people were sitting there? Like how many of those players were, you know, you look at Danny Breer and, and Chris Drury. They were just starting out in their careers. Jason Pominville, Ryan Miller, those those guys too. And yeah, they wanted to be here probably because the Sabres went and got them. They drafted them or they traded for them. But then you have like free agents and you have guys like Mike Greer and you have yeah. guys like J.P. Dumont. Like 
sure, they probably loved the city and they liked being here, but they wanted to win. Yeah. They they didn't well, I mean, really they, yeah. it didn't matter where they were, they wanted to win. I mean, if you remember back from that and like I think it was after that two thousand five year, I think Mike Greer left for the San Jose Sharks and he mm-hmm. said a big reason he left is because he didn't feel like the Sabres were in it to win. Yeah. Which was crazy after that oh five, oh six season and being like, What what do you mean the Sabres aren't in it to win? Mm-hmm. But then you kind of see how everything goes from there, and that's what it is. I think I like that you brought up 05-06 because this is the thing I've thought about. A thing that we never got was that 04-05 season where right. guys like Pominville and Vanek and everyone, they got to grow in an AHL environment that was pretty competitive because of the lockout. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not getting – this is – I feel like this is what we're getting – I feel like this is – if you're going to com- start compar- making comparisons and things like that, this is what we would have seen with like 0405 Sabres if that season occurred type right. of thing. Yeah, because you don't I'm not have... trying to make excuses. I'm just saying no. like if we're going to make comparisons, we can't go full 0506 yet because we're missing that whole year in between 0304 right. and 0506. Right, and like it's it's almost like you want a season like that where you can have like guys like Tage Thompson and maybe not even Tage Thompson at this point, but guys like J.J. Paterka, Jack Quinn, Matt Savoy, Zach Benson, Devin Levi, the young core that you have now because – And we mean young. Right, very young. Young. Zach ben- we're going to get to him in a minute. Zach Benson is 18 years old doing something that no one has done since probably Jeff Skinner. We've been trying to figure it out, but we can't think of anybody ex- except for Jeff Skinner in his rookie year with Carolina. But besides that point, the Sabres have the youngest core in the NHL. They have the youngest team in the NHL. The oldest player, aside from Eric Johnson and Kyle Poso because they're kind of outliers, is Jeff Skinner. At 30 or 31, one of the two. And that is an incredible value to have, partially because you have trade value in some of those guys. Not a, no, none, not all of those guys are going to make the roster for the Sabres. They will make the NHL. Noah Ostland will make it in the NHL. Isaac Roseanne has made it in the NHL. And I, I mentioned those two guys because they've been kind of the center points of like, oh, if we were to trade a prospect, they would be like the first two guys gone. And I'm kind of leaning away from that now with Roseanne, especially because of how he's looked in the past few weeks or so. But somebody like Noah Oslin, where it's, you know, you took a draft pick on a guy and he's only played in Sweden, hasn't really made the jump to the AHL. It's, you know, getting to the point where it's like you got to start using some of these assets to win now. You're you're getting to that point where it's like you only have so many roster spots. You have you only have so many contract spots. You have to figure out which guys are gonna be this is what you're saying, but you have to figure out which guys are gonna be your players and which guys are gonna be your pieces to get the players you need. Right. And this is the year to figure that out. I think that's essentially what the Sabres are saying at this point, by all their actions, all everything going on this year, I don't want to say there's no urgency, but it does feel like the Sabres feel like the plan is still on. Everything is still going according to plan. Um, and again, the being the youngest team, I think we have something here about about being the youngest team uh, but, and, and what that does as a team and what you have to do to learn to grow from that, but... That's that's a that's a factor to consider here. Right. And it's almost like the Sabres are trying to complete their stockpile and, you know, figure out who's who and, and who's going to be what. 
and right. and and then make those moves either at the trade deadline or in the off season. I think the trouble. I think the trouble is everybody. I think a lot of people feel like that was what last year was for. And now we know right. who those roles are. But now I do think that if they weren't going to take the step this year, this year is still important for in terms of who you're still going to keep moving forward and mm-hmm. who you're going to use to move to bring the pieces that you need. Whether that is a better goaltender, another uh, top six defenseman. Um, any or any sort of winger or something like that, right? It's it's just it's time to make that big move, and I don't think that they'll do it this in season this year. I think they'll do it in the off season, but they can. This team can make it. I think to the playoffs. Let's go to the phones It'll here though, tough. real quick. If if anyone wants to jump in, seven one six eight zero three zero five fifty. Give us a call. Give us your thoughts. We're gonna go out to Jerry and Kenmore. Jerry, what's going on? You know, I think one of the problems with this team is that it is too young in that you're playing against guys. It's like when you get, you know, the first time you ever played something competitive against your father or your uncle, who you respected playing a game for a long time. You watch the opener against the Rangers. You watch the New Jersey game from last Saturday. And there are games where their level of compete is non-existent. And you're asking 20, 21, 22-year-olds, to play at a very high level against men. And you know what happens? Then they stand up for a teammate and uh, Dylan Cousins gets knocked out and his nose broken and he's feeling some of the, you know, the after effects for a couple weeks after the fact. I think that it's built. I get that it's built for the future, but there are teams that have made quick turnarounds. The LA Kings, the Detroit, it doesn't have to take six years, eight years to do this. It can be done in a more timely fashion. This team's level of compete, half of this season has been non-existent. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thanks, Jerry. I appreciate that. I get what you're saying there. Absolutely. And he's absolutely it's right. There right on the head. There have been games where the common thing that the you know reporters are asking the coach after the game is, you know, why can't you guys start? Why? Why? What's What's going on with not being able to start well? Mm-hmm. And you know, the main thing I see on that is like that goes back to how they're coached. And I think there's a level of that to that. But to Jerry's point, they are the youngest team in the league. You shouldn't need to find reasons why you need to compete. But in a professional league, I mean, the, I don't know where I'm going with this, but it's, well, it's, it's tough to. You know, I'm sure, like at a mental level, for the youngest team in the league, I don't want to say it's tough to get up for your opponent, but finding ways to do that when you're so young, when you haven't had that experience, I I understand completely where Jerry's going with that. Well, it goes back to so I want to bring up a point that I I was listening to uh, Spit and Chicklets, the Barstool Hockey Podcast. They had Devin Levi on a few weeks ago, and Levi was talking about the Calgary game where you know he probably let in a goal from center ice because he wasn't ready or whatever, but it gets disallowed or whatever. And it was probably his worst game as a saver so far. That Calgary game was not great for him. And he talked about it and said that after the game, his girlfriend texted him and said, don't worry, you have 78 more games to go. And he was saying, he was like, wow, yeah, I, you know, it kind of, it didn't really hit me until something like that, where it's like, you have so many games a year and it's so difficult, especially for a guy like Levi coming from college, not playing 
even a half of those games. I mean, sure, the guys from the you know from the OHL or WHL, whatever, they play more, but it's still it's not the same level in terms of the amount of games. It's it, yeah. obviously the the level of compete and the level of skill is vastly different, but it's more so the longevity yeah. of the season that I think gets most of these young guys compared to you know. And that and that well that affects coming in and out of every game of like you know being ready to go and 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 doing all that stuff. So I think that yeah, when you look at them, like I, I just pulled up their cap friendly page. Average age of forward twenty five. Average age of defenseman twenty five. Average age of goaltender twenty four. <laughs> like they're young. Yeah, it's gonna take some time. And I know we've been saying this for years, but this team, it's got the pieces. They just need to mature. I I do think Jerry Jerry's right. I do think, especially since we're on year thirteen, it shouldn't take long to build a winner or build not build a winner. I think I think it doesn't take long to build a team to go to the playoffs. But what are you trying to build out of that? Are you trying to build a team just to make the playoffs? Or are you trying to build a team to? win a championship, and win championships consistently. That's what Kevin Adams has been saying all along, is they want to do it the right way. They want to do it consistently. Um, but that's that's a tough ask of people who have been waiting a long time to make it back to the playoffs. Right. And, and the, the other thing is, is and we're going to have to get to a break here in a second, but to wrap that whole thing up, it's been 13 years. But it hasn't been 13 years with these guys. It hasn't been 13 right. years with this management group. Had it been better run in the beginning of this drought, I think we'd maybe be saying, oh, like, you know, Sabres haven't made it to the playoffs in four years. Like, they'll get back soon. Like, they just need some time. It hurts more that it's 13. If it wasn't so long, this would be a completely different feeling, a completely different conversation. Yeah. But because it was so poorly run in the beginning, it's not that conversation and that's the most frustrating part and what's even more tough it's you're talking about a league where for a lot of the times they didn't make the playoffs more than half the league made the playoffs now it's half the league (laughs) yeah i mean looking at that covid bubble year that was the most frustrating where you missed because you didn't play a game against montreal because the day (laughs) everything shuts down you're supposed to play montreal and who knows what would have happened but montreal gets in and you don't and montreal goes to the stanley cup final i still i still blame rudy gobert for rubbing the microphones yeah that's what happened he's the reason why this drought's still going on (laughs) all right we got to get a break you're listening to Sports Talk Saturday. This is WGR. When we get back, we're going to talk some more Sabres, going to talk some Zach Benson, some goaltenders as well. And, yeah, so Josh Schmidt, TJ Luckman, hanging out with you here. You're listening to Sports Talk Saturday. This is WGR.